Welcome to this week's episode of Project Esports. Today I am with Bill the Conqueror Rat Wagner. I'm sorry, I almost screwed up your name there. I really wanted to make sure I got it right. But he is the Chief Strategy Officer for Payday.gg, which is an up-and-coming online LAN tournament and um, LAN and online tournament platform. Outside of that, he may know him for his writing at Tech.co, Vegas Tech, or even he does have his own social media management company, Safe Strategies. I usually don't do an introduction or the kind of like that written introduction, but you had so much experience. I really wanted to write it down so that I didn't screw it up because you've done a lot of cool things. And I think it's going to be really awesome kind of talking to you and getting some of your perspectives. We were just kind of talking the pre-show kind of about why esports and all that kind of stuff. And we'll get that in this interview as well. But I'm just, yeah, just so tell everyone a little bit about yourself, Bill, and kind of why you wanted to kind of come on here and why I'm kind of interviewing and why we're here today. Well, hey, first of all, thanks for having me. It's, it, 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 it really goes to show the power of social media that, you know, I can send in, I can send an email and then uh, within a couple days we can be talking face-to-face -face yeah. and we can exchange information on Discord. So, so thank you for having me. I appreciate it a ton. Um, you know, it, I, I, the reason, I, I think we're talking the pre-show. The two reasons that I chose to, to, to get directly involved with esports. One, there's a lack of good stories being told. You have, you have some larger companies that spend time uh, creating content about their own groups, and that's great. But there are so many stories out there right now of people on the way up, people struggling, people grinding. Um, it, it really hit me hard. I went last... Year 2017, I went to went to Las Vegas, went to um, Evo the first time. Man, I, I, I tell you, going to Evo <laughs> was it, it was it, it it was an earth shattering experience. I walked in there and I, I looked around. I'm like, I am the oldest person in this entire <laughs> holy crap. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I mean, for, I, I started thinking, where do I fit in? Why why would anybody even want to talk to me? Yeah. So I, I, I really just spent a lot of time talking and meeting and shaking hands and learning about what people do and why they do it. Yeah. Um, and I found it actually very easy to talk to people. I just said, I want to know what you're doing. And I just kind of asked, you know, open-ended questions. I asked why. Why are you doing this? What is this game? You know, explain this game to me. And it, it, it was really awesome. I did a lot of Periscope casts from Evo yeah. last year. I wrote several articles. You can find those online too. Um, so it, I, you know, I found really fast that my skill set of being, being, being a writer, being somebody who can, who can create a little content, it's something that is needed. Uh, the, and the second reason and it's blatantly obvious. I have no hair in the technology. <laughs> I have very little hair. What I have is gray. Um, this, this, this industry, for it, people might say it's old, it's not. It's a very oh. young world. It's a very young world. And and um, it's it, esports gaming will change the world. It will. And so it, so people need to understand that. And it, but what this industry lacks right now, the biggest thing it lacks for all of its issues, is that it doesn't have any maturity. It doesn't have any any perspective. 
there are a lot of people with a ton of skill, a ton of desire that can succeed, but they don't understand what it means to be in business. And yeah. this is a business. It has shifted. It, it shifted several years ago from just being something that you do because you love it. And you might make a little money. Now, depending on what you do, if you're a streamer, if you're a professional player, you could make a ton of money doing this. Oh, yeah. And if you fail to understand what a contract is and the language in a contract, you're going to get screwed. And according to the law, there's nothing you can do about it because that's why you sign a contract. Yeah. So those two things, and I, I just realized that, you know, People older than me need to understand this. People younger than me need support, help, uh, somebody to just talk to sometimes. Because esports feels new, but in reality, esports is just the next, the next version of what we do with ourselves to um, entertain ourselves. Yeah, it's a new so form of entertainment, definitely. That's all it is. It's entertainment. I mean. So I wrote I, I, I wrote a post a couple of months ago on LinkedIn about how to really make money in esports, and it's a, really about just having a personality. There are women in China who stream themselves eating food that make twenty thousand dollars per month. Yeah, it's a thing. So <laughs> it's entertainment, and if you understand that, and understand it's just people. You're 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 appealing to the emotions of others to belong. You're appealing to to uh, people through their base desires, and this it's just a different process of doing that. And people older than me laugh at me like, "What are you doing with yourself?" I'm like, "Dude, get on now, because if you don't, you're gonna get run over." And I try to explain that to my parents and my the people that I people that I know that aren't in esports, and they all laugh. I'm like, I'm "Telling you, man, if if you knew what." The, the aftermath of Drake, the aftermath of what happened with Drake and Ninja, I mean, if you really understood that, you would not be laughing at me right yeah. now. <laughs> so yeah. I just find it funny. I mean, you made so many points. Like, you were talking about, expl I mean, you're a much, you're a much, and what is your exact age, if you don't mind me asking? That's okay. I just turned 46. Just you're 46. 46. And I'm 21 years old, and I was going through that same stuff. I'm like, I'm trying to explain to my friends why Drake vs. Ninja was so big. I'm trying to explain esports to my mom and my dad. I made my mom sit down and watch Overwatch League with me. I just find it so funny that even no matter what age you are in this industry, it still needs to be explained. And that's there's a lot of points kind of when you did your little opening kind of discussion there. There's so many points I want to hit on in there. And first off, I want to keep focusing on your age, if you don't mind, because it is kind of something there. And so it seems that... People older than you don't understand why you're doing this. People younger than you kind of look at this like as if it's different. But you still keep going on and everything like that. I mean, have you found that despite your age that has it been, do you think it's been harder for you to get into esports because of your age? Um as far as getting in, no. Um there there are major skill gaps in esports right now. And that and that that those skill gaps are Writing those skill gaps are are just basic content creation, as well as personal um, interactions. Yeah. Um, I, I I I work really hard at trying to translate things from one person to another. Okay. So I 
have conversations with people older than me, with people who aren't directly involved in esports. And I, I worked very hard to draw parallels between what 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 and how is said now and how that translates to a thought process that already exists for people that are my age. It already exists. It's there. We've had three generations of people now from my age and younger that have grown up playing video games. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I owned an Atari 2600. <laughs> God's honest truth. I owned an Atari 2600. I played Pong and I played Tank. That's awesome. I played those. And then trying to trying to translate that, my first internet experience was was on a was my first online experience was was back in '98 when I got when I got the internet through my phone. My, <laughs> my, my, I, I was on I was I was on the internet through my landline phone. So just think about that. For yeah. Me. And understanding how connectivity has changed our thought processes. So I work really hard at trying to bridge the gap. And trying to try, I mean, I, I I did an interview a couple months ago with a college that's really close to my house, about three hours away, and they're starting a program in the fall. They're yeah. starting an esports program, and you know, kids my age were laughed at because you know we spent so much time playing video games. Parents, when we would get a job, you can get a college education for being good at Overwatch. Yep, it's a thing. It's a real thing. It's getting there. It's and, crazy. And that's that's the <laughs> nutty thing. My parents are my parents shake their heads at me. It's like if we would have known, I'm like, Mom, nobody knew. Nobody yeah. knew. No one could have predicted this. No one could have predicted where esports was when I was growing up. Say again. I don't think anyone could have predicted where esports is at right now. Even when I was growing up, I mean, imagine how, I mean, it's much farther back for you, but even 10 years ago, when the esports scene was even kind of starting, no one would have thought it would have been here. Twitch streamers, all that. It Never in my wildest dream, outside like the optic guys and kind of stuff like that growing up, did I ever think someone could easily make money living off of video games outside of making video games or like kind of doing their views and stuff kind of like that on TV. But this kind of streaming, this kind of esports, being an actual player, that was not a thing. Even 10 years ago when I was young. It's not. Um, I think that you're going to see it grow for one simple reason. One, you're going to have parents push their kids for one simple reason. You cannot, it, it's short of somebody hitting you in the head with a keyboard or a controller, you're not going to get a concussion playing Overwatch. Yep. You know what I'm saying? If you play football, baseball, basketball, soccer. You could have a concussion. You could have several concussions. You could end up, end up. You could, you could, you could end up in a wheelchair from a freak accident. Uh, the the chances of that happening, playing League of Legends or Call of Duty, are really, really small. So yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think that's gonna that that concept is going to change, going to change how we think. And, and when, when, when parents realize that their investment, their $500, $700 investment into an, into an Xbox One X and all the video games and then paying for, paying for the internet can turn into a college scholarship down the road yeah. where they become an engineer or they become something. I think, I think you're really going to see that happen. So. Yeah, and I definitely kind of agree with like the whole sports kind of thing is that like 
now when I mean not every parent is going to do this, but I especially think our generation, when my generation becomes parents, like they're going to see that with their kid. I mean, they could be okay at football, they'd be okay at that, and like they can do that for fun. But they're seeing like, okay, they're really picking up video games, and it's not going to be out of the ordinary. It's like, okay, well instead of trying out the football team, you're going to try out for the League of Legends team, and that's not going to be a foreign concept in ten years when I have a kid that's kind of getting going in elementary school, and the esports is going to keep growing. And I think I agree with that too. Is that especially as these younger generations that grew up, I mean, you were really one of the first generations that grew up with any form of like home consoles and stuff kind of like that. And it's just gotten more regular. I mean, there are so few people in the world that have access to internet or anything kind of like that, that aren't a gamer of some kind. I mean, candy crush, all that kind of stuff, consoles, PCs. It's so easy nowadays to be a gamer and to understand the concept of that. And now think of when people are always accepting of that. There will not be a point in a lot of children's life where it's an abstract idea for esports to kind of be at least somewhat of reality. I mean, obviously, it's incredibly hard. I mean, they have to understand that it's as hard as becoming a professional football player in some aspects. But it's yeah. not going to be shut down instantly because, oh, it's just video games. It's not going to lead anywhere. It can be something. Well, right, and that's one of the great things about esports and gaming in general. There's so much – the access – is easy. Esports gives hope. There are people, and I've talked to people who have said, if it wasn't for Street Fighter or whatever, I'd be dead. Yeah. I had I had nothing else to look forward to. I but I got a console and I I got Street Fighter and I, I mean I, I a really good a good example of this a really a really good good example of this is a, 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 a punk. He I mean I watched a lot of videos about about about. You know his parents. They said, you know, he was socially awkward. Uh, we didn't have much, but we, you know, we borrowed some money and we bought him a console. Now look where he's at. Yeah. He's, he's punk. I mean, he gets paid a ton of money. But if you look at him, if you listen to him talk, he's socially awkward. He doesn't, you know, what I'm saying. But that's what esports does. It gives you hope. It gives you the ability to belong. It gives you the 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 desire to be part of something larger than yeah. yourself. And you have you have punk. You have all these people who have built themselves up because of their accomplishments, because of their ability to be entertaining and be good at something. And so I, 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 I that's if for nothing else. I mean, if you take everything else out of the equation, um, you know, schools and everything else, just the fact that people can can find a place to belong, to be at, to be around friends, to. to Feel like that you are useful somewhere. Yeah. That one thing right there means more to the human race than anything else. So that's why I think that I, that's why why I think that esports will win. Yeah, and that's and that I just think everything you've been saying so far has been amazing. I love everything that he said. I love a lot of the opinions you've kind of brought forward. And I guess I don't even know how to come back to what he kind of been saying because you do such a good job of summarizing a lot of what I'm thinking, what I'm trying to say in a much shorter way. So I'm sure we'll keep coming back to these discussions, but so tell us a little bit about payday.gg. That's kind of how we've heard about you. We, I mentioned very briefly at the very beginning. So kind of tell me how you kind of got into that. I mean, obviously it's kind of a smaller company, how you got involved with it, um, kind of what you do now, what the platform is, and maybe just kind of tell me a little bit about working on a startup in the esports industry. So, so what, so payday.gg is an, it's an online tournament, tournament, platform uh the the tool we have it, it, it's useful for online and 
online events as well as LAN events. We have a lot of automated systems that that make the that that make the make the process of administering tournaments easier and simpler. Um, I got started. Um, I, I actually actually applied. I was I I, I, I had made the decision. Okay, I'm going to get into esports. I'm going to I'm going to start looking around. I'm going to join discords. I'm just going to start trying to make contacts. Excuse me. And I saw I saw an opening at uh, payday. And I, I originally applied to just do. I, they wanted refs and to do and perhaps perhaps a person to do a little social media. Well, yeah. I'm good at that. I. You know, I, you know, I, I can pull that off. Well, in the conversations, in the interviews, um, I just was talking about my background, and they're like, "Look, you know, you can do that if you want, but we would much prefer that you get into the marketing side, that you yeah. with the branding side." I'm like, "Okay, no problem." So <laughs> I just I spent the first couple of months. I I, I came on uh, September 2017. Spent the first couple of months just getting to know the the company and the people, and then I, I started. Um, Having uh, contact with with you know social media and writing, and I started reaching out to people and doing interviews and content. And I, the reason I started doing content is that there's a, there's an inherent distrust across the esports world of people that you can't see of these kind of nameless, faceless online platforms. Yeah. So I'm like, so I started thinking the only way that we can show that we care about the community because everybody says they do. Yeah, of course. But the <laughs> way that we can, right, the way we can show it is just by by telling the stories of other people and not asking for anything back, just taking the time out of our day to put something out there. Hey, there's this person we found. This is what they do, and that and and that built up over time. And so about the end of 2017. Um, I was asked to be the chief. I, 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 I moved out of branding, and I was asked to be the chief strategy officer. We we uh, we were moving forward with some other tournaments and some other ideas, and I had built up a good solid network of contacts. The the, the written and video content that I created had developed some good good uh, uh, buzz and. And so I was, I was, I was able to, um, I, I, I was able to have conversations with people that I guess you could say wouldn't usually happen. So, I mean, and let's, you know, let's not, let's also not forget the fact that you know I'm 46. So about about 85 percent of, of the of the esports world is all younger than me, and so. Yeah. So I learned a lot there. Um, 
group that I work with are really great people. Um, you know, we have struggles and we have, have roadblocks and hurdles like everybody. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm always grateful for this opportunity. I can't tell you the number of people who, 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 who come to me about issues with other orcs and I, I, and I listen to their stories and I think, that's not where I work. I work at a place where, you know, we work hard. Maybe we disagree, but in the end, we all get along pretty well. Yeah. We all work. We all live on care. So, yeah. So, I guess I would say, so, um, how do you see that business is different on the esports side? So, obviously, you've had a lot of experience, and you've just really been into esports for one year. So, what do you see are the really big differences just between kind of traditional businesses and your previous experience and how esports is kind of ran right now? Or do you see any problems with how it's run? Yeah. Because there are there are a lot of people that see the opportunity for esports and they want to want to throw a bunch of money at it and then when it's time to get out they get out and they don't care they just want their they they invested and they want their return and they're done um, and there 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 are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories about how orgs will the orgs orgs make these players sign contracts and they they promise that they will pay and they don't. Yeah. And they're, Yeah. So what is uh, what's going to happen is, and this this is this is what happens with all controversies, I guess, in the esports world, is the community eventually decides, you know, screw that guy, we're done with him, and if he, and that person if that person does enough time, they you know they're done. So lawsuits will win in the end. Yeah. Community will take care of itself. 
some people will get, you know, along the way will get screwed, some people will miss opportunities. It's unfortunate, but it's the truth that how business works. Yeah. People fail to understand how Facebook got started. If they really read how Facebook came to be, they really understand how business is just a brutal place. And esports is No, yeah, and and I kind of agree that, and you see that. I mean, we we haven't talked about too many stories that are kind of like that, but I think very early on in some early podcasts, we talked about kind of how the these teams um, weren't being paid over in China and stuff, kind of like that, and that there there's nothing they could do. It was news. The industry got mad, and we moved on because we all knew that there's nothing that could really happen. And I mean, is that just is the way to fix that just by getting more people on board and seeing the long play in this? Is it just everyone being more careful and not chasing the money as much and trying to let things grow naturally? What is the way to fix that to prevent these kind of, to not make the industry as brutal as it is right now? How can that be changed? Yeah. And that dad is like, you know what? I'm a contract lawyer. You're a dead. You're yeah. <laughs> and that'll, that'll happen. That will happen. Some, some parent will just go, you're not going to screw my kid. And they'll just go nuts. And then we'll all see it. Long term. Um, long term, the, term, the players are going to have to come together. I certainly see the Overwatch League as a leader in this. The players, any major sports, sports, um, Challenge. Uh, challenge. Major. 
Major League Baseball in their free agent process. Because up until that point, it didn't exist. The NFL had that problem until the mid-80s, and then, I mean, you could make trades, but there wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a free agent process. <laughs> he was hiding just, just his own teammate, uh, his, his, his own teammate, his, his own teammate, Jose Canseco, he got paid more. And so it, 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 what's, what, it's, what, it's, what, it's, what it's going to take is that the, that the players have to come together. That's hard to do because gaming for such a long time has been, I sit in front of my computer and I grind. And that's all I do. Screw everybody else. I'm going to grind. Well, now you have to start to think as a team, that you start to think as a group. Sometimes that works and sometimes that, that doesn't. That's often, often hard to do. So. But, I mean, so, I think, I, I definitely agree with what you're trying to talking about, but I just feel like these players, I mean, some of them are just turning 18. I mean, some of them aren't even turning of even playing age until partway through the season. I mean, I'm 21 and I don't have a clue of how to start a union and I feel like 21 is even getting towards a later half of a career for some games and I mean or at least getting towards the mid of your career so these 18 year olds have to come out and form a union I think you're right but I just don't think there's anyone around to help them right now and even like we've talked about this so many times with the XQZ and other kind of examples of they just don't know how to kind of treat themselves as a brand as a business because they are their business right now if they don't if they say something wrong if they start doing badly they're gonna lose money because they are their own business and I just don't see what the solution is to kind of fix that because there's nowhere that just kind of teaches you like I mean obviously not to say racial slurs I mean that's kind of taught very early on for XQC but apparently not but I mean no one teaches you how to take these steps I mean even NFL players I mean things have been established for them already so these young players don't need to but someone needs to take that step forward in esports, but they're all so young and they retire so young that by the time they figure out how to do it, they're gone. And then someone that's already retired would have to come back and do it, but that word doesn't mean as much as a top of the world player. Well, and I think like I, I think what's going on right now in the two K league is, is really awesome. I think the two K league has the right idea. So back in January I started to uh, combine process, you know, they were going through their, their games, and they didn't actually end up, uh, end up, uh, excuse me, they didn't up, end up, didn't, 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 didn't end up going to combine or, or, or being drafted, but, but, but in talking to them, understanding that process, that even though the, 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 the 2K League had a, the, the 2K League had a, Controversy, which wasn't really a controversy. They were very, very clear up front with people. They're like, look, this is the process. You need to clean up your social media. And I know people personally who have been home because they didn't. They they got they, they made it to the combine, they were in ready to be drafted, and they got sent home because they didn't. And so the NBA two K League was very clear. Now, since since 
the teams were drafted, they went through training, and the season has started. You haven't heard anything from them, has it? No. You haven't heard any problems. What does that mean? The teams are investing in the players. They're, they're, they, they, have the player, they have the players together in the house. They're, they're, they have specialists that are talking to them. They're, they're taking the time to teach them. And that's, and that's why the 2K League will end up working well. It's because not only are the teams doing it, teams doing it right, teams doing it right now, but the commissioner is 100% bought in. He's like, this is the next wave. There are 18 NBA teams that, that have that, that have two have two K two K teams attached to them. There's gonna be more for next year. They're already doing it. They're already talking about it. This the fact that the commissioner is bought in, the fact that the owners are like, okay, let's do this and let's make this happen. The, the NBA is only going to grow because they've already thought ahead, they've already already invested in those kids and they are kids because even with investing in these kids, you're talking basketball and football. People will still do dumb stuff. Oh yeah. That's how this works? People, people will still do dumb stuff because they're kids, and they all of a sudden, you know, it, it, I mean, it's a it's a common story. You can somebody is drafted high, they sign their contract, they go out and they get, you know, do drugs or do something stupid, and then you know that happens. That's yeah. not going to change. But but it's somehow with esports, it's different. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah so i mean so what you're kind of saying is that so it, it, it's kind of more of a long play for these players to kind of figure out a union so it's going to it's going to rely on these businesses that can be so cutthroat sometimes to teach the players and then those players that are taught by the businesses need to figure out that they can be tra- taught better so i guess yeah you can see that through the nfl is that evolved and players kind of learn more that they knew that they deserved more so really at this point is just kind of time hoping nothing kind of goes too badly and just waiting for these players because the players need to be the one that lead if the esports media if you and me say it like that means nothing but if these players figure it out and start kind of pushing for it that's a time and we both just kind of think that it's just kind of a waiting game at this point letting them figure it out letting these leagues develop because obviously overwatch leagues in the first year so it's not like these players could have unionized before the overwatch league even started so maybe we might start seeing talks of that in the future but yeah I definitely kind of agree with that and yeah I mean you even mentioned this right away is that esports is very young and all these people that are really participating most heavily all these pro players are so young and that they aren't figuring it out and I think that could be the rise or the downfall of kind of Fortnite esports is I think that could bring a lot of negative limelight with these kind of contracts because there's so many young people because I mean you're thinking I mean, there's going to be so many 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds kind of signing up to participate in whatever Epic is going to announce for these esports. And you're saying that these kids don't understand what a contract is. These kids aren't going to read the contracts. They're just going to say, I'm about to become a professional Fortnite player and sign without even reading through it. And then they could be, end up being screwed over. I mean, do you see that potentially... I mean, obviously we have to wait and these players have to be more careful. But... Could we be seeing a wave kind of coming of kind of some negative impact on esports as a whole? Because so many young people are about to get into such a big game, which is really primarily younger than even League of Legends and Overwatch, which have a little older age group. Fortnite is for everyone, and there are young, young kids playing Fortnite already. Yes, it, things, things, things will get worse 
until they get better because that's how people act. They, it's esports is esports is nuts. There, anybody who's been in any kind of a lobby getting ready for a game knows it's just toxic from the word go. Yeah. People swear and call people names because they can. Uh, I think if and while I hope this will happen, I don't think it will. There's already there's there 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 is already already a group out there that has gone through this and it's in Korea. And the Koreans have had professional esports already. They've had it for many years. And we would be smart to follow their template to understand how they deal with addiction, to how they deal with with, with I mean there there are I've watched videos online, thirteen and fourteen year old players being brought into a professional esports house and they play StarCraft for twelve hours a day. Okay. For for a thirteen, fourteen year old kid, that's a little extreme. Yeah. You know? So how do we handle that? Because I'm sure I'm sure you've seen the article. Some somebody in Korea, this is many years ago, died after playing StarCraft for for like twenty four hours straight. Yeah. So, you know, they so you have the Koreans who have already dealt with a lot of these issues, who have, who, who, who have, who have created their leagues, and you know that that country has their own problems. This 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 is not an exact science. Yeah. When it comes to Fortnite in general, I mean, there's 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 so many variables involved, and and the the the. the Part of that is the access. I mean, I mean, if I had a 13-year-old son right now who had a PC playing Fortnite, I, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, all my kids are, I, I you know, right now my kids are all, 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 all 20 years old. So, yeah. But I mean, it, it, it's it's a there's there's definite scientific studies that show. The, re- the, re- the relationship between the development of your brain and the amount of time that you spend in front of a screen. So things will get worse before they get better. That's just how it'll. That's just how it will happen. Uh, the government will probably step in at some point, um, and I don't think it'll have to do with the violence of games because that's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. But what it'll what it'll, what it will, what it will have what will probably happen is that we'll have to deal with addictions. And if we have to deal with addiction, then then that's when you'll start to see things change. So, um, so I guess just kind of stay on tonight of the topic of Fortnite. Do you think that is going to be a successful esport? I mean, do you think that's here to stay? Do you think this hundred million that Epic is throwing at it is going to make a big difference in the scene, or do you think it's just going to come, the money's going to go, and then the fad's going to die off? <laughs> um, it, I see. I see the battle royal concept working for a while, and and there's really only one reason why. You can sit. You can connect with your friends online, and most people online have one, perhaps two people that they you know they they they, they, they know well online. They always hang out with. It started really back with. It started really back with Call of Duty, and even before that, even before that, with the first online online gaming. I did so the fact aside, I sat in a computer lab in nineteen ninety five and I played 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 Doom online for the first time. <laughs> That's how far back I go. So um so so when you have so when the when the team deathmatch concept, you know, 
point uh, capture the flag, that sort of concept. Well, that really that 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 really exploded because yeah, you could you know get a couple friends and and, and you could play online together, but it, it it but it crashed and burned because you often got paired with people who either weren't very good or didn't want to play as a team or didn't have a microphone to communicate. But the so it that whole team deathmatch thing has now evolved. So. So I guess this kind of is its recent news, and I just saw it kind of breaking earlier today. We were talking about it a little bit in the Slack to the Discord. Where do you kind of stand on the PUBG suing Fortnite for the copyright infringement? If you didn't see that earlier today, the kind of the lawsuit became official, and they're actually going through with this now. And last year they tried to do it for advertising. Now they're trying to go after copyright infringement. So where do you kind of stand on that? Yes. But this looks like to me that one company is suing a suing a, a, a suing a, a different company. One company is suing a different company because of because 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 they used because because this other company. Um, how do I phrase this? They. It's it's like two people people's suing suing each other suing each other suing each other over a
You know, you have you have this have this blue over here. It's rich and it's royal. Maybe it's a little darker. Someone someone takes this blue and they turn it into something different. Well, that you can't take that. I thought this first. This is this is my like, no. I mean, if I think it's PUBG sour grapes personally, um, from a legal standpoint, I, I I would have to see if PUBG had filed some sort of paperwork about the concept, which I doubt very much would be trademarked. But that's just that's just my my uh, 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 personal thought. You 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 can't you you can't trademark something that is in in common use. If that was the case, then Call of Duty should also sue. Yeah. Because, you know, they did the same thing. I, I don't see it. I see it more as people being upset at each other because, you know, some people, because you have one person that had a bunch of toys and now they're all gone. And, and, and they're like, he had more toys than me. Yeah. That's your fault, not mine. Yeah, and I, and I guess I, if, if if Epic, if this actually does go to court and Epic just doesn't try to settle or whatever outside of it, I mean, Epic's number one defense is going to be, go look at H1Z1. I mean, really, what is the difference between H1Z1 and PUBG except a little better gunplay, a little better graphics? I mean, and even going back to Arma, going back, there are so many different, not so many, I mean, there's probably three, four big iterations before that. And if you go even back, I mean... The name comes from the movie Battle Royale. I mean, this was a movie years ago. And I mean, I just don't see how anything that... I mean, it, it was literally PUBG on the same exact engine. I mean, sure, it gets kind of complicated because Unreal Engine is owned by Epic, which PUBG uses. And if it was like a realistic uh, first-person shooter, maybe. But I mean, these games look nothing alike. No one would... I mean, if you put them day by day... No one would have ever guessed that there's any really kind of connection with them. And I, and again, I'm no legal expert. I can't say anything, but I don't think PUBG has much of a ground to stand on that. They're just kind of fighting back because, I mean, PUBG fan or not, I played my fair share of PUBG. I love Fortnite. I love them both. PUBG's losing. I mean, Fortnite's free. They're making them more money. They are the talk of the world right now. I mean, you can't go on news nowadays without them talking about Fortnite. Which you just don't see ever at this level. PUBG was kind of at that point in the gaming industry that everyone was talking about nothing but PUBG. But now Fortnite is taking that level above that everyone in the world is talking about Fortnite. And that's not something you see. And this is PUBG trying to fight back. And maybe they somehow win this. And that's a huge blow. And who knows what happens then. But I think that's kind of a long shot. And that's... I don't either. But um, I guess that's really kind of going through a lot of the big topics kind of touched on in your little opening spiel. spiel. Ah. Um, is there anything else that you really want to touch on? Anything you've noticed? I mean, anything that you think you've seen that you really want to touch on today before we kind of wrap up? I mean, it's been amazing talking to you. I really love your perspective. And if there's anything else you really want to get out or talk about, like, let's bring it. Let's see what you got. Yep. A lot of people. And I did a Periscope cast on the reality of having a job in esports. And I've, I've always thought, yeah, when you, you know, when, when esports wasn't, wasn't in its current. 
some basic graphics, you could make some make some graphics and you could sell them. But now, um, you know, regardless of the org or the business, they want people who can do graphics. Well, that means they want quality, and they're going to pay you a full-time salary. You better know what you're doing, and keep this in mind. For people my age who have worked in the industry for years and have great skills, and they are stepping into this, going, oh, yeah, I'll do that, no problem, I got you covered, and they're professionals. Yeah. So these, 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 these kids and their kids, 17 to 20, that, 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 that think that, well, you know, I've been in esports for years. Well, that's all well and good, but, you know, do you understand how to use Adobe? Because if you don't know how to use Adobe, you're wasting your time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and then that goes to being able to, able to work in a group, being able to be, be professional and take take direction and, and and that's a that's 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 one other other space that I see is really going to affect the growth of esports. There are two big job boards out there right now, and I follow them pretty closely, and I watch what what jobs are there, and I watch what what's being paid, what's being paid right now, and there, I mean if you can edit video, if you can make graphics, if you can do a good job at it, you're going to get a job. And yeah. Yeah. Just enjoy each other. 
to be around each other, regardless of your gender, regardless of your hairstyle, regardless of your age. You know? <laughs> being able to just come together and talk about gaming. And that's why I love what I do. So. Wow, well, thank you so much for everything. It's been an awesome time interviewing you. You're definitely one of my four, my favorite interviews. I mean, given I've only done two, but you're definitely up there in the top two with that. But, so, Bill, where can people find you? So, if they want to go and follow you after this interview, they just love everything you're talking about, where can they find you? <laughs> I am on Twitter. Uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at... LearningBill, at LearningBill on Twitter. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can search me, search uh, Bill Wagner, Payday GG. I'll show up on LinkedIn. Um, uh, we, I, I invite everybody to go over to the to the site, to go over to the Payday site. It, it, it's a it's a growing platform. It has a lot of awesome tools, um, and we have tournaments coming up. Hopefully, some more this week. Uh, awesome prize pools. Um, I do a lot of uh, writing and, and things across the internet, but I always encourage people to connect with me on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you have questions, please DM me. I talk to people all the time. Find me on Discord. Um, I, I call I call myself myself online Bill the Conqueror, but on 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 on, on, the, on Discord I'm but as but as far as on Discord I'm um, far, far as on a, 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 a Discord I'm far as on Discord I'm um, Definitely. Thank you very much. And yeah, every, for all the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I mean, as always, all right as the kind of notification pops up, great right as the end. But yeah, please go check out Bill. I mean, it's been awesome talking to him. Go check him out on Twitter. Find him at LearningBill. As always, my Twitter handle is going to be at Andrew Nimsgren. I am also always willing to talk. I mean, literally in my bio, it says DM me if you want to talk esports. We're both in the same way. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. And once again, it means the world to us if you follow either one of us. If you leave a comment on the YouTube video, follow us on Twitch. Anything like that means the world to any content creator. Even the smallest little thing letting us know that you're there and that you are watching means the world. So, as always, thank you very much for tuning into the Project Esports Podcast on this special episode of Project Esports Presents with Bill Wagner. I will see you guys on Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on twitch.tv slash Project Esports Podcast. Have a great night.